Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. With us here today for our life study of Genesis is Dick Taylor. Dick, it's nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Today, Dick, we come to a life study in Genesis that will review the four steps of man's fall, which conclude at Babel. I wonder if you would briefly summarize the biblical account of the situation at Babel before we begin. Well, concerning this uh, fourfold fall, first of all, uh, we realize and see in the Word that man fell from God's direct presence. And uh, he fell to the government of his conscience. But because man ignored his conscience, then uh, eventually uh, he fell to the realm of being ruled and controlled by others, human government. And from there, uh, he fell just to Satan's pure instigation, which is absolute rebellion. So the fourth fall of man is more than a fall. The fourth fall is absolute, out-and-out rebellion. Uh, It seems in the account of the building of the Tower of Babel that uh, it doesn't talk about murder. It doesn't talk about violence and immorality. It seems like, hey, hey, that's not so bad. They're just building a tower, just building a city. Well, what's so bad about that? But we realize that the question here at hand was, who has the right and who has the authority in this universe? This was Satan's direct challenge to God as to who is the authority in this universe. So this was the epitome. This was the height of the fall, this fourth fall, was out and out rebellion. Man was absolutely at this point under Satan's instigation to just be in absolute rebellion to God. It appears Uh, not so bad as some of the other falls. But actually, we have to realize this fourth fall is the most vicious fall because God himself as the unique authority in this universe is being challenged. So we must recognize how serious this fall is. Thank you, Dick. Let's join Witness Lee for this very interesting and profound life study of Genesis. According to the divine record, In this book of Genesis, with mankind, from the beginning, there were altogether four falls. The number one fall was with Adam. We know this in chapter 3. Then the second one was with Cain in chapter 4. Then the third one was with that perverse generation of Noah, recorded in chapter 6. That was 
the third fall of mankind. Now we come to the fourth one, which is after the flood, even after quite a period of time on the new earth with the restored human life. As we have seen, that life under the headship Noah was a type of the life in resurrection. With such a background, the fourth fall of man came forth. We all know behind all the falls was just one source. And that source was the unique enemy of God. We have to realize up to this fall, there were at least three steps transpired. The first step was that man fell from God's presence to man's conscience. According to Genesis 2, right after man's creation, God put man in front of himself. Man was there in God's presence. There was nothing between God and man. No separation, no hindrance, no frustration. Man was right in the presence of God. And in a good sense, in a very positive sense, by that time, man was directly governed by God's presence. You may call that the divine government, the created man before the fall, the unfallen man, was directly under the divine government. That was God's presence. It is so good to be governed, directed, ruled by dear one's presence. Man was under God's presence. What was the first step of man's fall? That was from the dear presence of the divine person to man's own conscience. I tell you, when the time of fall came, right away, Adam and Eve started to know, my, they were shameful. They were naked. That was the start of the function of conscience. Do you know? For the fallen human beings, it is a good thing that you feel shameful. Sinfulness is a protection to the fallen people. And this sinfulness is a part of the function of our conscience. If we do have a good conscience, I tell you, this conscience, day and night, will always cause you to feel shameful if you do anything dirty, immoral. Dick, this is quite a revelation that there were steps in man's fall. I have a question that as believers, is it possible for us to go in the reverse direction? Uh, that is to take steps to be governed 
not only by our conscience, but even by God's presence. That's right. We can. We can take uh, steps in the opposite direction, in the progressive direction. Let me give an example. There's a young man that I know who really loves the Lord very much. And uh, as a young man, he went into the service and was serving in the army. At a certain point, uh, he doesn't even know why, but he just was full of rebellion and he went AWOL from the service. While he was AWOL, he heard someone speaking the gospel of Christ, and he was open, and he began to listen and to receive what was being spoken. Under this kind of hearing, this young man got saved. He received Christ. He was very convicted of his living He was touched with his rebellion. He was touched with his uh, ignoring and rejecting human authority. And he was even touched concerning his own conscience, uh, not being clean and clear. So this young man, after hearing the preaching of the gospel, right away confessed his sin to the Lord, and he took care of his conscience. He also right away stepped out of his utmost rebellion and went back to the human government and turned himself in to receive any kind of uh, judgment that they were going to give him. And at that point, his life was just absolutely full of joy. He really met the Lord. I have to tell you, he went up the steps from rebellion to human government to man's conscience, and he ended up in God's presence. What a progressive return. Amen. We need a progressive return back to God's presence every day. Thank you, Dick. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. So you see, after the first fall, man fell from God's presence into man's conscience. In a sense, it was a fall, but in another sense, it was a protection. But listen to this. Man under man's own conscience didn't remain quite long. The first one that broke the conscience was Cain. If you read Genesis 4, you could see Cain was not shameful. He murdered his brother Abel. There was no shamefulness. And then he lied to God without any shamefulness. That was an open manifestation of man's breaching man's conscience. That was a fall from man's conscience. To what? You couldn't see until after the flood. As we have pointed out, before the flood, there was the violence failing the earth because there was no human government. But after the flood, God established the deputy authority that man may exercise God's authority to rule others. And this is human government. So, firstly, you have God. Secondly, you have the conscience. Then, from conscience to what? 
human. God government, conscience government, and human government. The three governments constituted three dispensations. Three ways of God dealing with human race. I say a word to the young people. Thank God, we are his creatures. We are human beings. We are under him. He is our real government. And we have a conscience provided by him. This is a good thing. We have so many deputy authorities. The parents in your home, in the school, the principal, the teachers, the senior ones, the older ones, they all are the deputy authority of God. The divine government, the human government, and the self-government. With these three degrees of government, human race is still preserved on this earth. Even human race has not been fully saved, yet human race is preserved. Dick, let's break in at this point. Doesn't this shed light on why the New Testament teaches so definitely for us to be subject to human government? Is this part of our testimony that we have been rescued from the fall? Uh, Yes, this is part of our testimony a very big part of our testimony. The deputy authority was raised up by God to maintain the earth. The deputy authority, all those in authority, can never save the earth, but they can maintain the earth for the preservation of man so that God can fulfill his eternal purpose. Uh, I like Romans uh, 13.1 that says, let every person be subject to the authorities over him. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are ordained by God. So for us to be in rebellion to the human authorities that have been ordained by God is to be in rebellion to God himself. Uh, Suppose we just live life any way we want to. We don't care for the speed limit. We don't care for the stop signs. We don't care for the red lights. We don't care for anything. What kind of earth would this be? Absolute violent earth. Suppose we remove all the police from the earth today. What would happen? Absolute chaos. On the other hand, suppose we get recovered from rebellion and we are submissive to the human government that God has ordained. This is a testimony of man on his way to being recovered directly to God and God's presence. So, This matter of uh, being under the human authority is very important to our testimony. After the flood, God had many deputy authorities. And when man is subject to these authorities, it means this man has his heart turned back toward God. Somebody who rejects these authorities is turning away from God because God arranged this. Now, for example, today we have parents, we have the principal, We have teachers, we have policemen, we have all these as God's deputy authorities. This is what God's Word tells us. So if we respect and honor this deputy authority, then surely this has a lot to do with our testimony of knowing the Lord and loving the Lord and caring for Him 
as the unique authority in the whole universe because all deputy authorities are under him. This is a real test to all of us, isn't it, Dick? Yes, it is. Real test. Thank you, Dick. Let's return to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. The second cause is rebellion of human race. The whole human race rebelled collectively against God's right and authority. And this rebellion eventually is what? It's just the satanic instigation. At the fourth fall, it is not a matter of immorality. It is not a matter of murder. It is not a matter of violence. When I was young, reading this portion, I said to myself, what's wrong for the people to build a big city and to build a high tower? It's wonderful. Why God to come down to judge? You have to look to the Lord, then you will get the light. You could say, my. It is not just a matter of building a city. It is not just a matter of burning the bricks. No. It is a matter of whose authority is here on earth. The whole human race was stirred up into a rebellion to declare that they wouldn't care for God's right, for God's authority. This was the cause of this ultimate fall. Then let us see the procedure of this rebellion. It is quite meaningful. Listen. Firstly, in the rebellion, there was a conspiracy. Men came together to conspire to rebel against God. You know what they did? I know even the little children in the children meeting, they got to know that the people at Babel you know, burned the uh, earth into bricks. This is simple story. But the deeper significance in this matter is profound. Let me say this. According to the whole revelation of the Bible, God's building has never been built with anything of bricks. God's building has been all the time with stones, you see, and eventually with precious stones. We all have to know stones are different from bricks. Stones are God-made, right? Bricks are man-made. According to the Bible record, the earth is for growing life. The earth has all the elements for growing life. You know, what is to make bricks? That is to kill all the elements of life. I tell you, if you have the insight, you could realize today the whole society, the whole human culture is burning the earth into bricks. And that Bible city grew nothing. It was godless. It was loveless. You look at today's human culture. All the society, what they are doing. 
They are just burning the earth. Burning all the life elements into bricks to build up something without God and without life. That is today's society. I hope that we all who are in the church could see the difference between the church and any kind of society today. Amen. The church is unique. Amen. It's unique Amen. in not burning dirt. Amen. The church is unique in plowing dirt. We are plowing dirt and watering dirt and we are sowing the life seed to grow something of Christ for the building up of God's holy city. We must see that here in the church life, we are not doing the burning job. We are doing the watering job. We are doing the sowing job. Hallelujah. We are growing, watering, sowing, plowing, not burning, not killing. We do have a building, but the building of God is not by bricks, but with stones. Well, Dick, this last portion gave us a very graphic allegory. Can you say more about this allegory of burning bricks to produce a godless society and how the church is being built in an entirely different way? This is a very interesting allegory. First of all, we need to see that God in the whole Bible never builds with bricks, but he always builds with stones. Something that's made of bricks is man-made, but something made of stones is God-made. Even when the Lord Jesus first met Peter, he said, you are Simon, indicating clay, but you shall be called Cephas. And that is a stone. And eventually, God's building, we see, consummates, composed of many precious stones, builded together in Christ. So we need to see, first of all, bricks are not positive, just something of man. And then uh, this matter of burning bricks. This is really something I appreciate Brother Lee's opening this up in such a precious way. To burn bricks... And bricks here are made of mud. They're made of earth. Earth basically symbolizes mankind. So to burn bricks means to kill man, to wipe out the life element within man. You see, the earth is really for growing and producing life. But to burn the earth and to make bricks of the earth means to kill the life and to just raise up something of a building in a godless sense that even is opposing God, not recognizing something should be God-made, but just taking away of a rebellious man-made structure in rebellion to God. So the bricks being burned is very, very interesting. And uh, the main point here is that we, as the church, would not be those who burn the earth, that is to burn human beings, but rather we would plow the ground and we would sow the seed of life so that something of Christ could grow in humanity 
And uh, this growth of Christ in humanity produces his increase, which is his body, which is the church. And this is for his testimony. The church plows the earth, sows the seed of life, and is praying and laboring to produce a crop of Christ in mankind so that we could be co-workers with him to build up the body of Christ as his testimony. As always, Dick, it's been very enjoyable. Thank you for the fellowship. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.